0: You know it's a big chapter when it's the title of the book and it's a historic episode of the podcast. Sarah from First Years became the first ever repeat guest on the show and it's a complete blast when she stops by. Thank you for listening to Belay to Binge Harry Potter, the Harry Potter podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. That's what happens when you don't read them until you're a grown-ass man. I'm Zach, and I'm That Grown Man, and today, we're diving into Chapter 16 of Chamber of Secrets. So deep, it'll be like you read the chapter yourself, without having to pick up a book. Let's jump into it. The Belated Binge Podcast. Belated binge. Today, we continue the reread of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets with Chapter 16, The Chamber of Secrets. Before we get in, as always, every episode of the podcast will have spoilers, and every episode of the podcast could also have some adult language. I want to give a huge, huge shout out to both of our free elves patrons, Alex Sweatland and Hottis Navoni. If you're interested in bonus episodes, additional benefits like your own shout outs on the podcast, go ahead and check out patreon.com slash belated binge or click the link in the show notes to see what's going on over there. Now, do I have a treat for you Potterheads making history, literally history on the belated binge. We have our first ever repeat guest to come on the podcast. I know it's mind blowing. You heard her help me break down chapters 14 and 15 of Sorcerer's Stone. That episode was entitled Jack's Teller with Hooves. I believe that was Ferenzi's fault. Uh, She also stuck around for a bonus episode called In Defense of Slytherin. And now she's back. It's the host of First Years, the Harry Potter podcast for adult first-time readers. It's Sarah. Hi! Hi,
1: thanks for having me back. I didn't realize this was such a historic moment.
0: (laughs) It is. It's literally the first time ever. I don't know if it's just the effect that I have on people or you just uh, came on so early in the game that uh, you're the first one that's had the opportunity. Either way, you agreed. So I'm super thankful that you're slumming it.
1: (laughs) Happy to be here. Anytime.
0: (laughs) So I actually had to go back and look. Uh, so that I could ask this next question, but what have you been up to since March? It's literally been since March. <laughs>
1: Lots of things. Um, Harry Potter world-wise, um, I went to both Leaky Cons, um this year, and uh, in Denver, I hosted my first-ever panel at LeakyCon, and it was full of spoilers Um, But it was uh, Death as a Symbol in Harry Potter, which I actually live streamed and have on my personal Instagram, which is Veritasarachm, V-E-R-I-T-A-S-A-R-A-H-M. It was a great time. Um, We had a great discussion afterward, um, including a hilarious detail that I can never forget now, where we (laughs) talked about if you could um, destroy a Horcrux by killing Nagini with a shovel.
0: Oh, um, I can confirm that you can kill a snake with a shovel.
1: You can, you can. <laughs> I,
0: you absolutely so, can. Even a snow shovel.
1: <laughs> so I just really like that. I just love the image of um somebody taking a shovel to Nagini and seeing what would happen.
0: Yeah, because there's no canon that says that it had to be the sword of Gryffindor that chopped no. off Nagini's head. It just... I imagine needed to be something sharp enough and that's why you don't use living hosts to be like for your horcruxes right because you are at the mercy of whatever can kill a living thing yeah i think you could i i'm i'm just gonna canonize it right now um (laughs) that you can kill a nagini horcrux with a shovel especially if you back over it with your truck afterwards (laughs)
1: Once I feel like once first years like finally like it can like make merch I really want like a Nagini getting hit in the head with a shovel like on a t-shirt I feel like that would be really
0: fun I don't know why you're not already doing (laughs) printing those I would be doing it even if it was just for me like I would wear that around the house (laughs) and get to tell that story at every leaky con that you ever go to again was that your first time hosting like a panel it was my
1: first time hosting a panel yeah
0: was it packed? Was it, I imagine you had like thousands and thousands of people just it, clamoring for every word.
1: Oh, my God. I, I was so I feel like I'm sure every first time like host um, has this fear that like you're going to show up in the room and like no one's going to sit and listen to you speak. <laughs> um, and I had a packed room. Um, nice. So if anyone is listening to this and you were there, thank you so much for showing up. Uh, <laughs> it made my entire weekend. It was so magical.
0: Nice. Well, congratulations. I was there with you in spirit and on a pamphlet.
1: Yep, you were. Yep, <laughs> you, yeah, we were on the same part of the pamphlet.
0: We were. We were. Yep. I remember seeing because you sent me that picture. I had no idea mm-hmm. that we were uh, we were there. Honestly, after I um, contributed to that, like, or like went in on that pamphlet or whatever, I. Wasn't totally sure what the end result was going to be visually. And then you just happened to send me that. And I was like, oh, hey, look, (laughs) (laughs) made the flyer. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Linked. See, first ever repeat guest and also linked forever to this podcast on a piece of paper. Love it. Which you can kill with fire uh, because it's paper. (laughs) Even if it was a horcrux, you could kill it. You
1: could just burn it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. So. I suppose we should dive into the chapter here, Uh, but first, um, in case you were obliviated, or you got your Hogwarts letter late, let's shove our faces in that white liquidy substance of our pensive. In chapter 15, well, we read the most unnecessary and disgustingly spider-filled chapter of this entire book. Seriously. Harry and Ron nearly got eaten by spiders with no real bearing on the actual plot of the story whatsoever. Uh, But luckily, they survived (laughs) thanks to the sentient car that you forgot about from Chapter 5. And the chapter ended with the one, singular, one helpful thing that could have easily happened one page later. Harry thinks that Myrtle might be the Muggleborn who was killed by the Basilisk 50 years ago. And now, we shall dive into the events of today's chapter with our opening reading. Sarah, would you like to do the honors of our opening reading?
1: Absolutely. All those times we were in that bathroom and she was just three toilets away, said Ron bitterly at breakfast the next day. And we could have asked her.
0: And now... And now. Priority. in chapter. We've reached the point where our wands connect. Not the tips, just the streams, so we can recap what went down in the chapter we just read. This week, chapter 16 of Chamber of Secrets... Chamber of Secrets uh, starts at breakfast, (laughs) the the morning after Harry's Lumos brain blast about Myrtle, as Ron complains about how hard it's going to be to get to Myrtle's bathroom with Hogwarts on complete lockdown. And they could have talked to her any time when they were basically camping out in that particular bathroom for a month should they have put two and two together on myrtle by now
1: probably <laughs> i mean you tried to give them the benefit like, of the doubt you, i did i
0: saw it in your face you were like mm, i mean come on they're 12 they're stupid they are we can 12. give them the benefit of the doubt <laughs> no we can't they should have thought um hermione especially should have because,
1: like, I, especially because like harry like you know dives into the, into Tom Myrtle's diary and like gets shown this whole flashback that happened like 50 years ago. And like, we find out like later in this series that like ghosts are a very helpful resource for like history. (laughs) And so I feel like if they had just like, you know, paid a little bit more attention to Myrtle instead of like being so annoyed by her all the time, like one of them should have been like, oh, like, I wonder if Myrtle knows anything since she's a ghost
0: and she's been like, here for how long?
1: At least 50 years.
0: I mean, you you would think that at some point in time, because obviously we get this in like plot um, increments as far as passage of time and the interactions that happen on the page. Only the interesting stuff is actually there. But in reality, they were sitting there stirring a pot for seemingly hours on end yeah with this ghost hovering right by them talking to them at no point in the small talk did even hermione the most empathetic and logical person there is even just think to say so myrtle how long have you been hanging out here in this toilet
1: (laughs) the golden trio hates small talk confirmed
0: for sure but luckily (laughs) yeah exactly luckily we had the thought during literally the most useless chapter of the book. So it gave that chapter one thing that wasn't just hairy, crazy, too many legged, terrifyingly useless.
1: Uh, but nothing. Also, can we just talk about how like if I was friends with Harry, he would be going into that forest alone. Like I, <laughs> there's, you, there's no way I would have walked into that forest following a trail of
0: spiders. I had to get help on that episode. Just to read the chapter, cause I and I did multiple times look around me, um, yep. just to make sure that there were no spiders yep. just getting ready to, yeah, dangle down. Yeah, and ironically, it was uh, Firebird from the Dusty Cauldron podcast that came on with me, fellow Slytherin for you, uh, and she's kind of into spiders a little bit, but her husband is not, so he and I were on the same page. She and I weren't even even in the same book. Yeah. Uh, Ironically, she was reading Lord of the Rings. uh, So it was a very (laughs) interesting episode. These are jokes, people. (laughs) Uh, But back to Harry Potter. Um, Nothing puts a plot climax on hold like exam time. (laughs) It's kind of easy to forget that Hogwarts is a school. And that these kids are actually, (laughs) yeah, like they're actually supposed to be learning things this whole time. We spend so much time dealing with security nightmares and avoiding being killed that it's really, really a a complete afterthought that, oh, yeah, classes happen here. And exams Mm -hmm. aside, how in the world is Hogwarts still happening right now? That's a question
1: that I think all of us still ask ourselves <laughs> to this day. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be like the safest place in the wizarding world. And I would argue that it's not.
0: That is terrifying for the rest of the wizarding world. <laughs> you are literally just like one step on the wrong rock from just instant death in the wizarding yep. world. If if Hogwarts yep. is the safest place. Yeah terrifying. Uh anyways, uh we also learn thanks to Prof McGee that the mandrakes are ready. Uh, so if you remember back to however many chapters that is, that means that they have successfully been sneaking into each other's pots for whatever activity you want to use your imagination for. Uh so these petrified kids can be revived tonight. I was
1: shocked that it was like that evening. Like I yeah. feel like I did not realize how quickly all of these events happened at the end of this book.
0: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that you don't, you, if you're rereading the series, you're rereading the series. Anybody listening to this is rereading the series. Otherwise they are getting the worst spoiler filled experience (laughs) in the world. Uh, Or they're very, very confused having never read these and they're just listening to the podcast. Either way, thank you for doing that. Um, But the, Little nuances in the chapters are kind of little brain blasts from when you read it last because they're the little things that you forget along the way. Mm -hmm. We know how Chamber of Secrets ends, but like we don't remember things like, oh, they were going to do exams. Oh, oh, the Mandrake Drought, it takes, it's happening like tonight, which basically means shit's about to go down like right now because we have to get to the climax of this book. Obviously, we can't have the victims just waking up and telling us who petrified them. Why would that be the case? But before we actually get to that ending, that climax, something else has also happened. And I think you're the best person to bring this up with. Uh, And this is a direct quote from the chapter. So if I may, there was an explosion of cheering. Harry looked over at the Slytherin table and wasn't at all surprised to see that Draco Malfoy hadn't joined in. Ron, however, was looking happier than he'd looked in days. Here's what struck me with this: Draco wasn't cheering, but what about the rest of the Slytherin table?
1: the this is my thing. I feel like, like I feel like our our big example, like, obvi- like that Slytherin is like evil, quote unquote, like is the fact that, like, Draco, Crabbe, and Goyle are, like, the only Slytherins we, like, ever see. Really? Right. Like, we only, like, that whole reaction is, like, just focus on Draco not cheering. And I'm sure exactly. there are other Slytherins that are, like, happy,
0: like... Exactly. And that's why I wanted to bring it up with you because I found it extremely interesting that Harry didn't say the Slytherins weren't cheering. Yeah. Only Draco.
1: It's just Draco specifically, Yeah.
0: Yeah, because there's, there are other moments in the in this book series where Harry does look over and he doesn't focus in on Draco or he calls out the table itself first and says, the Draco's did or the, the the Draco's, the Draco's house, the Slytherin like table, did not look pleased at whatever was being said or like the Slytherins weren't joining in in the joy of everyone else like those types of things. But in this very moment. It's just Draco. So I'm imagining that table, like, how many of them are cheering? How many of them are happy? How many of them are not stoked? What kind of fight is that starting in the common room tonight? That kind of stuff.
1: Especially because, like, if you think about how, like, I would assume most Slytherins, like, in this era of Hogwarts are pureblood. So they're, they're more than likely not in any danger of actually getting petrified or murdered,
0: right? But, they're at least half-bloods, right? You know, yeah. they're they're not, I think we probably had this conversation in the past. I feel like we have. There's probably not muggle-born representation in that house. So there's probably, probably not a not, lot of Even them.
1: though I feel like it's statistically impossible that there's not at least one <laughs> muggle-born, like, in that house. But regardless, like, even if the, the threat of the basilisk isn't, like, specific toward all of those students the school Mm -hmm. is still in danger of being shut down like regardless of where you fall as far as like supporting slytherin's mission or not like if you're a student at hogwarts and you really enjoy being at hogwarts like it is worth celebrating that like they can unpetrify these people and like hopefully find a solution so that hogwarts can stay open. (laughs) <laughs> no like does draco not care about that either
0: oh no for sure definitely not draco draco seems to be under the impression that hogwarts will continue without Muggleborns.
1: yeah and that's, that is that's not how
0: it works <laughs> well that's what that was his thing with uh it was in it was at the beginning of chapter 15 and he was talking to uh whatever, in Potion's class, and he was talking about how, well, I always thought that my father would be the reason Dumbledore would leave. And Uh, in that, he said, hopefully our next headmaster won't want the chamber to be found or like will want to keep the chamber of secrets open. And it's like, yeah, that's going to be a thing. The next headmaster of the school is going to be like, let's kill these kids.
1: Yeah, let's just get a headmaster that's (laughs) pro-murdering students, love that.
0: Yeah, uh, anyways, um, but in this, this whole thing, back to the page, um, we also get this divination moment from Ron, where another quote, It won't matter that we never ask Myrtle then, he said to Harry, Hermione will probably have all the answers when they wake her up. Mind you, she'll go crazy when she finds out we've got exams in three days' time. She hasn't studied. It might be kinder to leave her where she is till they're over. Ironically enough, Hermione will still give them the answers while she's petrified. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I would say like, you know, most of the answers because I do. I really do enjoy the moment where Harry like does start to piece everything together as far as like how nobody's died yet. Mm-hmm. Um, But they, she did give them a major boost of like, here is the monster. Now yes. use this to <laughs> connect all of the dots.
0: Yes, it. And we will get there because I may or may not have some comments about Harry in this chapter and possibly the next chapter. Uh, but we have to go through this first thing um, because I couldn't leave this out. And by the way, some of this uh, I'm—I am—you may notice trying to pull in some discussion topics from some of these very like small details in these things. Because, like I said, we all kind of know how this. Book actually ends, and there have been lots of podcasts that have talked about the main things. We'll get to the main things, but there's some <laughs> there's some like little nugget stuff in here that's like really, I don't know, just fun to talk about. Anyway, mm-hmm. so Ginny comes up; she's all nervous, and she's finally about to tell our little our our little dumbass duo everything that they need to know, and then Percy sucks. As
1: Chris Rankin would say, everyone's seventh favorite Weasley comes in and ruins everything.
0: He's my eighth favorite Weasley. <laughs> like seriously. I don't know. My my eighth favorite Weasley child, to be yeah. specific, because there's nine in that house and then he'd be tenth. Yeah. He starts fumbling <laughs> <last> on <laughs> Yeah. He's He is last behind the one that doesn't even exist. And (laughs) he starts fumbling on about Ginny walking in on him doing something. And Ron, of course, gives that, like, knowing grin that only a 12-year-old boy can give. What were you doing, Percy? And I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable in this situation, but the immature guy in me... Loves the little red herring throughout this book about Percy and then getting Mm -hmm. to this. Obviously, we later learn that she walked in on him making out with Penelope Clearwater. But we are absolutely supposed to think that he was alone (laughs) when Jenny (laughs) found him in a precarious situation of some sort. And I can't not giggle.
1: I mean, I think, you know. Percy being caught making out with his girlfriend is probably very embarrassing to Percy, but probably not something that would, like, scar Ginny that much. I don't think she would care. No. You know? And he's, like, making this whole big deal out
0: of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And it's even more hysterical because this is a kid's book. Yeah. And that's all the farther we need to go with that. Okay, so Harry's not satisfied with waiting until the other kids are unpetrified are you surprised at harry's ability to deploy some like super manipulative tactics in this next little part
1: i mean harry's someone that just like gets shit done right like (laughs) he
0: does (laughs)
1: like i i was actually very impressed by harry just sort of like like i feel like lockhart isn't that hard to manipulate because all you have to do is sort of
0: flattery will get you everything.
1: Flatter him. Yeah. And sort of turn the tables a little bit. What I was super impressed by was the fact that he was able to lie to McGonagall's face. And she (laughs) believed him.
0: Yeah, we that's that was like next in my in my thing. But yes, this this whole section of and this is again like because I have more notes on Harry coming, I don't want to go premature like percy into that but (laughs) we we don't see harry like and maybe it's the main character hero plot armor we kind of don't see him shine until it's like time for the thing to happen and we don't even know he has this skill and all of a sudden he like does it it's like oh
1: but i I feel like that's kind of like harry's whole mo right like i feel like Throughout the year, he's like a very average student, except mm-hmm. for like, you know, Defense Against the Dark Arts, you know, starting in year three. But like, he's kind of a very average dude and mm-hmm. then absolutely shines under pressure. Somehow manages to like, I want to say fumble, but he doesn't always fumble his way through. But he he manages to like succeed under pressure in these like very high pressure moments. Yeah. And so I kind of think Harry, I feel like is the kind of guy that like forgets about an assignment and like manages to write like a perfect essay in like 20 minutes.
0: Or at least a good enough one. Yes. (laughs) And and exceeds expectations.
1: Yeah. Like one that will be a passing grade for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he has fantastic instincts. He does. He really, really does and he is a he is kind of a sponge. Like this is this harkens back to how Hermione got Lockhart to sign the permission slip for them to start brewing the polyjuice potion oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the first place. And mm-hmm. he just like turns it on. He's like, "Oh yeah, we can totally manipulate this guy and I'm going to do it perfect. No <laughs> Felix places or anything." It's fascinating. Again, one of those small details that I didn't remember I remembered, like, yeah, he gets Lockhart to let them go off, like, on their, Mm -hmm. like, he basically convinces Lockhart to leave. Yeah. But I didn't quite remember how. And it's a bit of a masterclass in how to get a pompous ass to go away. Uh, But you're right. Aside from being able to just blatantly lie to McGonagall's face, like you mentioned, her reaction is like jaw dropping because it mentions that you see, like, a little tear, which is the exactly... Usually we have stern face, like, stone-cold Steve McGonagall who can just, like, stay... I get even-keel, stay, like, very mm-hmm. diplomatic, stay very, like, cool and calm, even when her insides are probably freaking out because all these children are in danger and Dumbledore is gone, and now all of a sudden she's thrust into this position of, holy shit, if one of these kids dies, it's my fault. She's probably freaking out. Uh, And maybe that helps here because she's like, yeah, you can definitely go see Hermione. Go for it. And thank God.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I know. I Yeah, I feel like McGonagall, like, I think it also speaks to how bad the situation is, right? Like she is literally trying to hold the school together um, under immense crisis. And I think, you know, it also shows how deeply she probably feels for all of these students. Like she's very stressed and like upset. And I think yeah. part that's part of the reason why, you know, Harry is able to lie to her and get away
0: with it. <laughs> I know <laughs> for and the it's, best and it's almost one of those like this this is also a little baby divination to like have a biscuit potter. These moments yeah. of them just having this kind of more personal, Like connection while she is always that stern like Mm -hmm. moral compass type of a leader type character yeah also can have this like personal bond that we don't see him have with other i'm not gonna say we don't see her have with other students because we see everything through harry's eyes and he doesn't see shit the whole time (laughs) that's not immediately in front of him uh in terms of uh like it's like, and I'm, this is tangent day apparently. Um, but it's like all of these memes that go on in the fandom where it's Dumbledore being just super, uh, unfair and like, Oh, 150 points to Harry, nice glasses. And you know, I'm going to treat all of you fairly in the same Gryffindor, a million points for Harry yeah. being awesome type stuff. And it's like, We wouldn't have a single solitary clue if Dumbledore gave a single other student ever a single point in Hogwarts because (laughs) Harry would not have noticed. Yep. And also Slytherin won the House Cup seven years in a row before Harry got there. If Dumbledore was that um, unfair as a headmaster. Mm. Just throwing that out there. Yep. Okay. So I don't know how we got here. But luckily... We're with Hermione now, and we get another baby foreshadow in the way that the boys are interacting with their unconscious friend. On one hand, Ron is described as looking sadly into Hermione's face. An emotional interaction, perhaps like a future lover, while as Harry cares but he's fixated on her hand, and like focused on the mission and and putting together the clues in this moment. Another little thing I didn't remember, and I'm like, hmm, I kind of forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts, or am I just crazy?
1: No, I think I think that could definitely be an Easter egg, especially for ron because isn't it isn't it like book three where we start we start to get glimpses of the feelings right but they
0: yeah even um ish and i know that the movie tries to do this at the end of this one i don't remember if it's in the book this way or not but when hermione's like woken up She Mm -hmm. like runs and gives Harry this like gigantic hug. And then they have this awkward handshake with Ron where it's like, "Mm, I don't really know what to do with my hands or my face. It's
1: okay, Ron, she'll hug you next year.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then, yes, in, in three, I think the thing that a lot of people really grasp in that book is like Ron is the one that notices like her behavior and her like disappearances and reappearances and Mm -hmm. like seems to actually care that she's completely exhausted and whatnot throughout throughout that whole book. And it's like this weird through line that nobody else notices or cares about. Um, Yeah. Even maybe McGonagall who got her the time turner, like might want to check in there, make sure she's not just
1: like
0: passed out in the common room, your common room.
1: Couldn't Hermione also just use the time turner to get extra sleep though?
0: Can you not be logical about these books? Because they break. They just... They do. They unwind from the binding. I've learned that because this is... And so this is something a little bit new since uh, you came on the podcast last. This has become, and I've dubbed it, the Harry Potter podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. Because all I can do is, like, use my logic brain and watch these stories from, like, an adult perspective and go what in the hell is happening here (laughs) (laughs) they're still fast i still love these books and i love to go like deeper into the characters and the story and like the world but but at the same time i have to call them on their bs when they deserve it because oh my gosh are these kids books right now
1: (laughs) yeah
0: uh anyway so luckily harry cries this piece of paper out of her
1: her cold petrified
0: hands. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it's a it's a page of a book because she desecrated a book for these kids uh just to make sure that that's, they have that's the how answers.
1: you know it's desperate times
0: i know i know do you think <laughs> do you think she like felt remorse afterwards what do you think she did for that book did she have a mini little like somebody say a nice nice word for this book um maybe replaced the, it in the library yeah, i don't so know she like does the page survive
1: copy. does she like does she tape it back in there <laughs> right.
0: yeah every every student sorry. since whatever this is 19 what when is this one's supposed to be like Isn't 93 94 something 90, like that 92 93 whatever every student since then has gone to that library to get that book they open it up and it's like a just crumpled page that's just <laughs> skello taped back in there. <laughs> uh, but it's a description of a basilisk, and the word pipes is written on it. She literally solved like the whole book, and we needed her to hand this to our heroes in a crumpled piece of paper. Um, yep. This is a huge ridiculous moment for me because not only is this a cheap way to move the plot forward. <laughs> The idea that Hermione has been under 24-7 medical care and monitoring since she was attacked, which we know she's at least been seen by Professor McGonagall. She's at least been seen by uh, Madame Pomfrey. Whoever discovered her and Penelope petrified in the first place has at least interacted with her in some way in her weird frozen form. In the movies, she's got like the weird, like holding the mirror thing. Mm -hmm. I I wonder if that's actually how it's anyway. Um, and you have to imagine that Dumbledore's at least been there one time to like confirm that the kids aren't dead, like he did with the cat, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it was he was the one that had to say, No, this is this is a petrification, this isn't actually death, so right? It's obviously not something that even Madame Pomfrey can just like diagnose right there this is kind just of like beyond you, you know think she
1: should be able to like you would think
0: you yeah. would think uh i don't even i that chapter was so so long ago at this point i don't even <laughs> remember how much crap i gave it but i do remember distinctly describing two possible ways that that went down and the one that i liked the most was dumbledore just kind of like holding the cat by its tail and just like flinging it around while just nonchalantly through the hallways and everybody behind him is just like mortified <laughs> oh <my laughs> and, God. And he's uh, kind of that just like oblivious old man uh, cartoon character. I don't think that's the way it actually went down, but it was fun to <laughs> think about for a minute. But let me float something kind of crazy by you. How bonkers would you say I was if I suggested that th- this was actually Dumbledore? Now,
1: I, I'm not surprised because now that I know <laughs> how you think about Dumbledore, <laughs> I well, was thinking about this too.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I, this this isn't a theory. It can't be a theory because the text breaks it immediately because it says that Pipes is written in Hermione's handwriting, and it definitely doesn't give us the description yeah. of Dumbledore's like slanted handwriting that we come to uh, familiar be familiar with. But let's pretend that that little piece isn't in there. What if Dumbledore actually wrote Pipes on this piece of paper and like placed it? into Hermione's hand with the intention of Harry and Ron finding it this would make way more sense to me than the idea that she's been holding it this entire time and nobody's noticed at all until Harry just happens to like glance at her hand and oh look there's a piece of paper there coincidentally
1: what if what if if Mm -hmm. Hermione does find it herself but somebody does find the paper takes it out of Hermione's hand and Dumbledore just quietly shoves it back in there and it's like Harry's gonna need this
0: I like that yes I would take that because it goes really really well into even the concept that I talked a lot about in the first book where like Dumbledore has his master plan in place like Harry is his little hero in training and that this just feels way more like Dumbledore kind of like feeding the information that Harry needs to put everything together. Kind of like he used Hagrid for in book one. Fight me on that. Go ahead.
1: I also wonder if, like, Hagrid, speaking of Hagrid, I just thought of this. Hagrid, with all of his knowledge of magical creatures, don't you think he probably should have also been able to figure this out?
0: There are so many things that should have happened over the past 50 years. Okay. The way that I had to rationalize it recently on this very podcast is over the past 50 years, nothing has happened because we needed these books to exist. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason that Dumbledore hasn't done anything to date in like since this book opened. And this is a theory that I did. I don't even remember how many episodes ago is actually because he suspects that it's Harry opening the chamber. Not that Harry is oh, evil, but he but Harry opened it. He is like, he knows that Tom Riddle was the heir of Slytherin and opened it the first time in his comments to McGonagall, where she said, Who could be doing this? And he says, Oh, it's not who, it's how. He knows damn good and well who is doing it. He doesn't know how. And right. I think that with him, he's already suspecting s- some sort of like, connection between Harry and Voldemort because of the scar, like, on his forehead and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's, what, in way back in Chapter 1 of this entire series, McGonagall says, can you do something about that scar? He's like, I wouldn't even if I could, because those can be useful. I think he's already thinking, like, there could be something there. And yeah. I think in this book right now, he's wondering, is Voldemort somehow using and manipulating Harry to open the chamber... Kind of exactly like he's doing with Ginny. <laughs> right. And he doesn't want to go on offense and catch Harry Potter opening the frickin' chamber of sea. Like this is his little here. He needs Harry to take Voldemort yeah. down. He can't also catch him. <laughs> yeah. And that that's a fair actually point. happened. <laughs> uh anyway. What chapter are we talking about today? Where are we? Ah oh, yes, the chief plot device <laughs> of the piece of paper in the hand but Harry does he puts it all together he gets basilisk parcel tongue killing stare nobody died because they saw it through some sort of a reflection and not directly into the eyes a bathroom Myrtle's bathroom the whole nine yards he's got it thank you Hermione you're smarter than these boys even when you're literally unconscious and (laughs) this is where I had some thoughts on on Harry so I actually have a uh, an Instagram reel going around right now that's actually, I'm not going to say it's going viral, but it's getting a little bit of traction out in the Instagram world. And what I posed in that reel was that Harry Potter would be your favorite character of this series if we weren't reading the series from his perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and what I mean by that is that he has like a lot of qualities that people would want. In their favorite character, mm-hmm. but he never is anyone's favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's because there's no mystery. We spend like all of our time inside of his head that yeah. we see the good, we see the bad, we see the annoying little things. We see when he's dumb, we see when he's smart, we see when he's right, we see when he's wrong. Um, and and so people never choose him. And for me personally, it always comes down to he never really earns his like hero on his own merit almost everything that happens to him happens to him or for him yeah (laughs) throughout this like book series he he doesn't get that like you like you said he's kind of an average just an average joe kind of all along the way and this is an exact example of this like with hermione out of commission this could have been a really great opportunity for harry to like step up and show that he has the ability to solve this without mm-hmm. hermione giving him the answers but no of course not he needs a crumpled piece of paper from her cold petrified hand
1: yeah in order it's very to get... rare for harry to like do things on his own because i feel like even when he's on his own he has tools from others
0: right 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 Right. He comes up big in like leadership roles. He makes things happen like plenty throughout the city, but he needs his hand held a lot and a lot of plot convenience to like get into the position to take it over the top. Mm-hmm. And even at the very, very end of this series, the culmination of this whole thing, all the spoilers, he wins on a technicality, <laughs> <laughs> not on like his magical merit. Yep. So, anyways, that. Well, he only
1: knows two spells the entire series. So.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Like he, (laughs) and and this is so that's actually become a running joke for me as well. I've started to like boil this down to like here's some key questions about the series: Why does Harry only learn two spells? Like, (laughs) and I would append it to this a little bit because there are going to be those like seven people who have Harry's back in the fandom, and they're going to be like, well, he taught people in dumbledore's army and it's like yes he learns more than two spells i'd say he excels at two spells
1: <laughs> maybe three like maybe three if we count expecto patronum in there
0: oh well then and what's um, the other one i've got expelliarmus and expecto patronum those are the two
1: so the one that like sticks into my mind isn't he sometimes he uses stupefy right
0: he does i would just say he doesn't excel at it i think he just knows no how to do like
1: it. it's not like a top one but i is yeah. it Am I misremembering the beginning of book seven where like he they're able to identify Harry because he uses stupefy? Does he use Expelliarmus? No, it's
0: because he uses Expelliarmus. okay. So
1: I've just been misremembering that. Yeah. This whole time. Okay. Well,
0: he does. He does use stupefy in like the seven Potter thing for the people like just flat out death. Yeah, because he gets in trouble
1: for not like going for the kill.
0: (laughs) Well, it's yeah, because when he sees Stan Shunpike. Yeah. He gets this like. Well, his eyes looked weird, like, and he's, he is just like, oh, he's imperious. I'm not going to kill him. So he does expel and people are like, that's him. That's him right there. (laughs) That's the one, the one that doesn't want (laughs) to murder him and have him plummet to his death. The one with a moral compass at all. Yeah, that's the one. It's got to be that one. Yep. Yeah. He didn't care about the other death eaters that he literally blew out of the sky by like exploding (laughs) a sidecar. (laughs) like all these who kids are murderers them? by the time this <laughs> series is over but damn yep. it stan Shumpike.
1: and who we never see again
0: yeah exactly he's <laughs> ugh, what a dumb very dumb character to have but funny still the like one of my favorite lines in all of the movies what you fell over for
1: my mom and i still quote that to each other
0: <laughs> every I, day <laughs> yeah i my child just fought what you fell over for anyway (laughs) um okay so we're in book two chapter 16 um harry gets the answer and he does the thing that he does in the first book he immediately wants to tell an adult
1: (laughs) good instinct to have and then doesn't follow through right
0: right in both cases he runs to professor McGonagall, but of course we can't have young adult fiction novels if the adults just took care of the problem or were competent at all. Another one of those major hard-hitting questions for this book series. Are there any competent adults anywhere? Uh, last book, it was trying to tell him about somebody going after the stone and finds out Dumbledore's not here. This time he's thwarted by the professors of Hogwarts making all the students go back to their dorms as and he and Ron hide in a closet of the staff. I room.
1: don't even know if they're actually thwarted. Like what they could have done and what they should have done was after the conversation was over with the teachers, burst through the wardrobe <laughs> that they're hiding in and be like, "Hey, we we think know we've everything." This out. <laughs> like instead, they just let everybody leave, go oh. back to their dormitory, and wait for hours before they then think oh you know what maybe we should go tell lockhart what we know
0: oh i know and that you literally read those notes straight off of my page because that's exactly where i was going like yeah uh, it's just just bonkers and it's ron's fault not that they didn't do it in real time when they should have but he says he like jumps up all heroic and he's like you know what we should do we should go tell lockhart what we know ron is the one from all the way back at the beginning of this book who was like lockhart is a fraud and idiot and completely useless and incompetent but in this very moment he's like we need to go tell lockhart because lockhart's the one that's going to save the day (laughs) are we reading the same book ron (laughs) yeah yeah alas lockhart is trying to flee And he can't even overtake two (laughs) 12-year-olds. Harry disarms him with spell number one that he
1: Yeah, if Harry knows two spells, Lockhart only knows one.
0: Yeah, he literally knows one. Um, And again, instead of taking Lockhart to McGonagall, they just try to go and find the Chamber of Secrets with a hostage. I mean, I guess it does kind of work. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, such a great idea. Such a great <laughs> how do you go from ne, never mind, we can't because with logic and competent adults, we don't have these books. <laughs> and we love these books. We love these books. I'm beating myself I in do. the head with this book trying to convince myself that I love it. Uh what I don't <laughs> understand. Uh so, anyways, Harry talks. I just needed a human shield, yeah, to be honest. That that is what they should have used him for, just like. Aside from just pushing him into the entrance first, like, they should have just walked around the chamber hiding their <laughs> just... eyes behind his back. Yeah. <laughs> Kill this dude, he's useless.
1: Yes. <laughs> anyway,
0: um, so Harry talks to Myrtle, gets confirmation that, like, he's actually right, which he's he is right way more often than people give him credit for, especially in book six. Um, yeah. She tells him the story about the boy talking funny, parcel tongue, the eyes, and she died. Basilisk. And she points them in the direction of a sink. And Harry takes like four and a half seconds to find a snake on one of the sinks that don't work anymore. It takes him less time to find this thing than it takes the Whomping Willow to beat the crap out of them in the car, which is (laughs) uh, about 14 seconds. And apparently it took Tom Riddle five years to find this sink. Um, But we haven't got to that part yet. So this is the thing that I like. Uh, He's able to speak parcel tongue because apparently the key to being able to speak another language is to picture a symbol from that language moving. And if I would have known this, maybe I wouldn't have failed Spanish class in high school. (laughs) I would have just had the teacher put a taco on my desk while I'm taking the tests and maybe I'd have actually learned. (sighs) But Harry passes because voila, chamber of secrets the entrance has been revealed not really though this is more like the gate on the outside of the entrance yep this is just how you get to the most disgusting water slide in the history of ever yes
1: big facts yeah
0: and they land in bones because that's what that's what we needed
1: <laughs> i i feel like they should have had more injuries like i feel like if you're sliding down into like a huge pile of bones like your legs are getting just shredded
0: How are they not impaled by a rib? I don't know. I don't either. And what are these bones?
1: Good question.
0: I think I finally answered the question that you had on your podcast because, yes, I went back. (laughs) You all brought up that a basilisk needs the right amount of food to live for however many years. And your guest, whose name I can't remember because... I'm so awful at names, but... I think Carissa was on that episode with me. That sounds right, yes. She had seen somewhere that it was like living off of the rats in the castle and you all basically came to the conclusion that Hogwarts doesn't have a pest control problem thanks to the basilisk. <laughs> that is what these bones are, right? It's the yeah, rats.
1: And if And if, if it is the rats, if we're right about that, it's gotta be a shit ton of rats. So
0: many rats! <laughs> like- oh! But like, Slytherin put this thing here Like, thousands of years ago. Yeah. Because if one thing we know about Harry Potter is that timelines are just always preserved and accurate, (laughs) this snake has been living here for thousands of years. Yeah. So there's been lots of rats.
1: Pettigrew's lucky he didn't end up in the Chamber of Secrets and the Basilisk didn't just eat him. We
0: literally just saved the day. We can end this book series with... That's what that's what harry (laughs) should have done instead of like trying to take him to the uh get the dementors he should have just dangled him by his tail (laughs) over this sink and dropped him (laughs) well by then the basilisk is dead but
1: it would have been gone but yeah
0: yeah, eh,
1: of happened earlier
0: why wasn't he just in ron's pocket during this whole thing i mean he spends so much time in his pockets and in his bed (laughs) not noticed on the marauders map by fred and george Either that or they are total bros. (laughs) Anyways, we haven't got to that book yet. Wow, this is... Are we recording on a Sunday? Because... We are. Wow. I have no idea what's happening at this point. All right, so Lockhart pulls like a fake out and like spears Ron and takes his wand, his Ron wand, and... He's all about the drama, so he can't just do the thing. He's got to make his little mini-villain speech right now before he yep. uses Ron's wand to obliviate these boys and end our entire book series. Just start his own! But then the book reminds us, Ron's wand was broken by a murder tree. Did you remember the murder tree? I did <laughs> remember the murder tree, yes. So
1: instead, I was still surprised, though, that it has not been replaced. He has gone all year.
0: All year. <laughs>
1: with a broken wand.
0: This is also why he's been incompetent, not just because it's been broken, but it was never his to begin with. Yeah, it was never it was his to begin with. Charlie's old wand, which brings into another question that everybody always asks. Why did Charlie get a new wand?
1: This was brought up at LeakyCon on a wand panel, and it's always interesting to speculate about whether like Yeah, <laughs> like what upgrades? is it that like makes people need to get a new wand? Is it like sometimes cores die I think or maybe if it's the <laughs> so, if you, if you...
0: So not only was Ron not the master of this wand and it was like snapped in half by a murder tree but this core just, has been dead the dead. entire time <laughs> this is why he could <laughs> only make one thing float ever it wasn't Wingardium <laughs> Leviosa it's that this it is the a freaking stick it's just a common twig
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, I, I mean, I also wonder if maybe, like, if you, like, almost like if you, like, were to change majors in college, right? Like, maybe if you change, like, the type of magic you focus on, like, maybe you would need a new wand that would be better suited to that type of magic. I would also buy that. Well,
0: um, Charlie's the one that went to work with dragons. So, you know that the core of this wand has dragon heartstring, and he's like, ah! You can't
1: do that. You know, I always wonder how Charlie feels about Bill's dragon hide boots. I, oh, anytime I read that detail, I'm like, what does Charlie have to say about this?
0: And what about the fang through the ear? Tell me that's not a dragon tooth. <laughs> oh my God. True. <laughs> These two have been fighting for years. It's like a sibling. <laughs> where, this is why Charlie wasn't in the movies because Bill was.
1: I can't believe we were just... robbed of Charlie from the movies. Ah. That's a whole other episode. I could talk it, about that for an hour.
0: It, we, I, Well, I mean, we're we're getting there and we haven't even got <laughs> to the whole point of this chapter. Yep. All right, fast forward, kids. So um, because it's a common twig and also held together by tape instead of obliviating the children, because Lockhart is actually a f- maniac, <laughs> uh, it like explodes the entire cave because plot, um, we needed them to be separated and that's exactly what happens Harry's on one side these two are on the other and none of the rocks actually hurt anybody so that's cool Yeah. Um, Harry decides that he's going to go down the tunnel to find the chamber to save Ginny be the hero and Ron is going to move some rocks out of the way while apparently periodically like kicking Lockhart in the shins (laughs) which I forgot and I love so much (laughs) (laughs) because Lockhart sucks And Harry's like creeping around this giant basilisk skin, and he finds the entrance, and uses another you know parcel tongue test, opens Sesame, and he's in. And that's the end of the chapter. (laughs) Uh, Did we miss anything that you wanted to hit on, uh, or want to go back to, or the only like the one
1: thing that struck me in this chapter was like we get a, I mean obviously this whole chapter is about like revealing truth about things right like we finally figure out the mystery we find like the truth about lockhart um and i have to say that like the one thing that like lockhart said where he was like oh you know it was actually a lot of work yeah i think he's kind of right that it probably was a lot of work and i feel like what he's been doing would be impressive if it wasn't evil (laughs)
0: yeah right here's another thing that i did pose on the pod way back when so the one thing that i do believe that lockhart was doing that is not what he's doing in this chapter so like i think that he was going for total memory wipe in this moment because Mm -hmm. like he wanted that story and he wanted them to remember nothing like he yeah this is this is offense lockhart i think with the other situations i don't think that he was like wiping people's memories i think he was manipulating them
1: yeah, I would My, believe that. I da- I don't I because da- I, I feel like it would be really obvious if he was just leaving people in his wake that just like all of a sudden right. didn't remember anything. Exactly. He was probably modifying their memories, which we see can be done mm-hmm. later on yes. in this series.
0: Yes, yes, that's that's what I think. He, he's pulling a Tom Riddle on his uncle, <laughs> like in yeah. in these, and I think he's I think basically what he's doing is he's like placing himself into the yeah. person's like. The person's watching Lockhart do it instead of watching their own point of yeah, view. From I their think point is of what's. View. Yeah, I think like that's what's. Oh my gosh! And this actually, whoa! Because when I was listening to you all talk, I had this like weird thought of like, whoa, does Lockhart know legitimacy? Like, is that how he gets the he details? He
1: certainly could. I but believe hang on. that.
0: Hang on, I no longer do. So <laughs> this very moment, this right here and now. What if, like I was just suggesting, he's modifying the person's memory? to put him, to make it to where they're watching Lockhart instead of seeing from their own point of view. Mm-hmm. And then he's having the person recite it back to him what took place, and that's how he finds out like how it actually went down.
1: Yeah, could do that.
0: <laughs> Bigger explosion than the tunnel. <laughs> because it actually hurt me. Like, my brain hurts right now, <laughs> and no one was injured in the devastation of this explosion in this chapter uh anyway let's uh before we um kind of wrap things up for this chapter let's do some house points before we go okay House house points in true hogwarts fashion these points are completely subjective with no oversight and fully at my discretion so this week uh well this episode i always say this week as if like i don't know this is some program that people are like tuning in every thursday night for Uh, But that's not really how podcasts work. Anyways, I am giving house points to Harry. He's getting 25 for putting all all the pieces together uh, and disarming Lockhart. I'm giving Hermione 50 for giving him all the information that he needed on a silver platter from a crumpled piece of paper. And I'm giving Ron 10 for kicking Lockhart in the shins, apparently repetitively. Would you like to give any house points to anyone from this chapter?
1: I would like to give... 15 to Ginny for attempting to tell them what's going on. And I'm taking away 10 from Percy for ruining it and fucking everything up.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So let me add that too. So Percy's, you said he's losing 10? Yeah. Fucking it up. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to take points away from Harry and Ron uh, for not going to Professor McGonagall and for picking Lockhart, of all people, and then yeah. trying to take him along as a hostage. They're losing 50. <laughs> each. Idiots. I'm also taking points away from Lockhart for showing his true colors, confirming our suspicions mm-hmm. that he's a fraud, and trying to obliviate two 12-year-olds and leave them in a tunnel to die, along yeah. with Ginny, to yeah. also die. Not great. All just to keep his little ruse going. Literally 250 points. Seriously, just gone. I can't. Gone. (laughs) Yeah. You are an evil bastard. By the way, that is two books in a row where a Ravenclaw has been a really, really bad seed.
1: It's almost like Slytherins aren't the only bad people in this series.
0: You might think I brought that up for a reason. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Hagrid's fault, right, that we think that? From the beginning because he's the one that says yeah it. ain't a witch or wizard who went bad that wasn't in slytherin and he yeah. also knows damn good and well that that is not the case when he says it because he I thinks know. sirius is guilty and in azkaban right I now know. oh if only what yeah
1: i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna touch regulus yet it's fine we're not there yet
0: well it, if only perhaps the person who wrote this series knew that there was actually going to get to be seven uh, I think many things in some of those first chapters would not have been set. Uh, one yeah. of them I brought up last week, as uh, James Potter as head boy in Hogwarts. I don't think that would have been the outcome.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think we still wonder about that to this day.
0: Wasn't even made prefect, which I argue is, I think at least supposed to be a prerequisite, but apparently yeah, not. Yeah, wasn't in that made case.
1: prefect like lupin was made prefect to try to control james i feel like the only answer (laughs) is like oh i really like james and lily together how can i force them to spend time together
0: (laughs) (laughs) i need to somehow figure out how to make this child
1: born (laughs) like when teachers put like students like side by side at desks
0: that they like think are cute oh that is creepy Oh, so very creepy. Oh, goodness. Anyways, it's that's... Dumbledore though. Come on. Well, I mean, we know that Dumbledore is just at his happiest when he knows that there's a little more love in the world. Would you like to plug anything and everything before we wrap up this chapter's episode? Yes,
1: we'd love to. Um if you are reading Harry Potter, if you know if you are reading Harry Potter and want a logical deep dive <laughs> since we don't do logic here. <laughs>
0: Oh, we do too much logic here. That's what I've learned. It's too much logic. So, what I need is for somebody to not be logical because we can't agree on everything.
1: You can check out my podcast, which is First Years. Um, it is geared toward adults that are reading the series for the first time, but um, all Harry Potter fans are welcome. We do a lot of deep dives, literary analysis, dive into mythology, folklore, symbolism. It's a great time. Um, Very we're going to be smart podcast. Thank you. Um, we're going to be on a regular schedule um, again, starting in the new year. Um, things got yes. a little crazy over the summer and then I moved and things are crazy again. Um, so we'll be back on a regular schedule in the new year. I promise. Um, so that is first years. And you can find that on Instagram at first years pod. Um, and then you can also find me on TikTok at Vrita serum, V E R I T A S A R A H M where I talk. Spoiler full, Harry Potter and other book stuff.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> highly recommend both uh, if I can. And I can't thank you enough for coming on to this podcast.
1: Oh my God, no. It's always a fun time. I will use any excuse to chat about Harry Potter.
0: <laughs> Literally any, obviously. Because any. you're here. Any. It takes n- like low bar. Low, low <laughs> bar. And thank you everyone for listening. I have a request as well. I just started a private Facebook group for the listeners of this podcast, as well as guests. I would love to have you join uh, there. You will have access to communicate directly with me, talk Potter, talk theories, engage with other Potterheads that listen to this podcast as well. There is a link for that in the episode description for this episode on your podcast player. Aside from that, I will catch you next time on the belated binge podcast. Sarah, would you like to take us home with the closing reading?
1: Yes. He could guess what he had to do. He cleared his throat and the emerald eyes seemed to flicker. Open, said Harry in a low, faint hiss. The serpents parted as the wall cracked open. The halves slid smoothly out of sight, and Harry, shaking from head to foot, walked inside.
0: <laughs> it's
1: about to get real. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah.